Welcome to I Wish They Knew, a show where leaders in business and education share big ideas that deserve more attention in about the time it takes to enjoy a cup of coffee. I'm Joe Hirsch. Today's wish comes from Paul Epstein. Paul has spent nearly 15 years as an executive for multiple NFL and NBA teams, a global sports agency, and even the NFL's league office. Pretty awesome. Paul is an award-winning keynote speaker named by Success Magazine as one of the top thought leaders that get results for companies like the Dallas Cowboys, which ooh, as an Eagles fan, I'm really, really sorry that they get any positive results. The Lakers, Johnson & Johnson, NASA, Disney, and Amazon, and his work has been featured in ESPN, NBC, Fox Business, USA Today, and he's also the author most recently of a great book, Better Decisions Faster. Paul, welcome to the show. Hey, Joe, fired up to be here. So tell me something, what do you wish more people knew? I wish the entire world knew that they're only one equation away from making clear and confident decisions the rest of their life. Okay, so one decision, would that be a decision that they can make faster? Because when I'm thinking about decisions, some mm. of the decisions that I have made in the moment kind of fast, I've come to regret. So tell me more about this, this great framework that you've got for making these decisions, this equation that you've got for helping people make the decisions that matter that they're gonna want to look back on with pride. Absolutely. And so we'll unpack what I call the head, heart, hands equation in just a bit. But first, let's delineate between fast and faster. Very different words, very different implication, very different meaning. So fast, to your point, I have made countless bad decisions because I went too fast. A lot of gut, a lot of impulse. Maybe our, my emotional state isn't in the best spot. Maybe I'm not dealing with complete data. And so I, bam, I just rush it because I don't want to have paralysis. So I just pull a trigger and it doesn't always work out. But faster means faster than if you didn't have something like the head, heart, hands equation. So if it's a massive life decision, if there's big finances involved, big career moves, if there's something like moving to a different city, something that has domino effects for your family, it would be irresponsible to say, oh, you should just pull immediate fast triggers. But what if a decision that would have never happened or taken years to happen could now happen faster, not fast, faster. So maybe it takes a couple months instead of a couple years. Maybe it takes a couple years instead of never. All of that, I believe in the camp of faster, not fast. Okay, so this equation, head, heart, hand, which is very interesting, and I found even a little unconventional. You're basically saying that the, the better decisions that we can reach, it's not really a question of how fast do I make that call? It's how closely do I tie that call to my values. Tell me more about that. Absolutely. And so let's connect values to heart, but let's unpack each. So think of your head as your mindset, your heart as your authenticity, and hands as your action. So the equation is head plus heart equals hands. In other words, when deciding whether to use your hands, whether to take action, there's two checkpoints, head and heart. Head, do I think it's a good idea? Heart, do I feel? It's a good idea. And just like when you're driving a car, you pull up to an intersection, you know exactly what to do. Green is go, red is stop, yellow is assess. That's how the equation works. When you're heading harder on board, that is a green light. 10 out of 10 times, take action. When there's no head, no heart, red light. 
don't do it or stop doing it. And when one of the two head or heart is on board, that's a yellow light and we got to solve for the gap. So I wrote the playbook of better decisions faster so we could fill our life with an abundance of green lights. I wrote the book to create awareness so that now subconsciously we don't run any more reds. We typically are running reds because there's no head check, no heart check, and we're just going and doing without always having a framework and a process and a system, an equation. And then naturally, hey, 15 minutes ain't going to do us justice for how to navigate all of the yellow lights because that is the messy middle. But I, from my soul, wrote better decisions faster because I, like the rest of the world, struggle with yellow lights where only our head or our heart is on board. So finally, we now have a playbook for how to conquer and navigate the messy middle of yellow. Okay, so get us out of that gridlock because I feel like even for myself, there's a lot of times where I'm thinking this is a good idea. I'm just not feeling really good about it. So how do we bring these two you know, dimensions into alignment so we can get out of that space? Absolutely. And you mentioned in the last question, values. And where I'll connect the dots here is values are who you are. And who you are is your heart. That's your truth. That's your authenticity. Now, we don't always check in with our heart, which that's part of the problem. We sometimes think about, oh, what are other people going to think? Oh, we get paralyzed because there might be a negative outcome. Or, you know, we just freeze. And that's normal. We're all human. But what this framework does, it gets us to a point where you don't get to the finish line all the time of a decision. But what if within a matter of seconds, like snap of fingers, you know, oh, I did my head check and heart check. This is a green. This is a red. This is a yellow. There's tremendous power in that. And so if I had to separate the two yellows, there's a good yellow and a bad yellow. So kind of like that classic superhero, there's a superhero and a villain, okay? And here's what it is. And it's based on which of the two do you believe has the opportunity to change and evolve over time, your head or your heart? And if most folks think about that, they say, well, I'm probably not waking up with a new heart tomorrow. Right. So chances are, if my heart is my heart, my authenticity is my authenticity, my truth is my truth, but I can work on my mindset. Maybe I'm struggling with a self-limiting belief. Maybe I need to have a courageous conversation with my partner or my spouse or my uh, business leader or whoever it is. But there's a lot of ways to untangle toxic stuff or pollution in the mind. It's not easy, but it's doable. So that's where I kind of come at this from is the good yellow is when your heart is on board, because at least, you know, this is something you authentically want. It feels like a green light in waiting. You just may need to clear some things up in your head. And sometimes, sometimes these yellows turn into greens where your heart is driving it. Other times your head knows maybe it's a timing issue. I've had a number of yellow lights where my heart was in, but the timing was off. It was a business idea that might make sense in five or 10 years, but it doesn't right now. And logically, I said, I'm going to pass. I'm not saying no. I'm just saying not right now. But here's the opposite yellow. And this is the much more dangerous one. When only your head is on board. Since your heart is never going to join for the party, you're not waking up with a new heart tomorrow. So that yellow will never become a green. And these long-term eternal yellows can be more deadly than a red. Because a red, at least you snap your fingers and it's done. No action, stop doing it. But this yellow, here's a good example. And this could apply to any type of relationship. But let me use a work example for now. So I used to run really big sales teams. And often your highest performers and highest producers, not always, but sometimes they can be a little bit of a pain in the, you know what, right? Like a little tough to manage. Yeah. So, so great, they sell a lot of widgets, 
but they're not always easy to work with, or they're not always great teammates to the person to their left and right in the locker room. And so your head says, keep them. I love the production. I love the performance. I've got goals. I've got pressures. I've got expectations. I've got quarterly numbers. I've got metrics, but your heart knows they're not a keeper, but your head sometimes wins that game. And so you keep them. Now, fast forward a couple of years, and now they've negatively impacted a lot of other people in the team. So now you've got culture problems. You've got engagement problems. Now some of your better people are leaving because they're like, screw this. You're tolerating bad behavior. I'm, I'm out of here. So now you've got retention problems. And then the market starts hearing about all this stuff. And now you've got recruiting problems. So I always say, when we hang out for too long in the bad yellow, where only our head is ever going to be on board and we justify things, in this case, I didn't have an engagement problem or a recruiting problem or a retention problem. I had a yellow light problem. Yeah. So it's almost like you're leading with your values. And unless you tie all this to your values, not someone else's value you're going to end mm. up with all kinds of friction, all kinds of traffic, I guess, you know, to play out the metaphor a little more, like you're going to be stuck in this gridlock traffic and worse, you may even be going the wrong way. A hundred percent. And you said it, your values are who you are and who you are is baked into your heart. I'm not against the head. I think it's a yes and game, not an either or game, but in this fast paced, complex, difficult world that we live in, it's a lot of go, 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 do, do, do. In other words, there's a lot of head and a lot of hands. And too often we're bypassing our heart. So I created the equation. So it forced check-in, not only with the head, but it forces you to check in with your heart because that's the only way that you're ever going to land on a green light. Yeah, you hit on this earlier about this incomplete data that, that we have to confront when we're making decisions. And it's rare we ever have 100% certainty. What's your advice out there to leaders to help figure out what the confidence threshold ought to be in order for them to make a decision that they feel good about and that aligns. Absolutely. And this all goes back to the whole concept of failing fast. And, and really for me, I've eliminated failure from my vocabulary because to me, it comes down to as a leader, there's two outcomes. Either you get the outcome you want. In other words, it's success. Or if it didn't work out, then you learn you grow, you evolve, you adapt. And so there's success or growth, success or learning. And if it's those two choices, then you truly can't lose because the only way that you ever fail is if you don't get the outcome and you stay down and you don't learn and you refuse to grow. But if that's not the case, here's how I would position incomplete data. If your heart knows this is a green light, like your heart is in. So you've already done that check and this feels right and it feels authentic and it is true and your heart is all in. But your head says, ooh, I don't know if I have enough information. And so in this case, there's no science to it, but in general, what I have always evolved toward and gravitated toward is if I have a threshold of 51% or greater that my head, my head is leaning in. It's a lean, right? Like leaning out is 49 or less. Leaning in is 51 or more. And so if I can surpass that threshold of 51, because it's arbitrary. 
I don't know the difference between 55 and 65, 65 and 75, 75. At what point is too much information? At one, I talked to 10 people. Do I need to get 20 opinions, 30 opinions? Oh, I did research for 80 hours. Do I need 280 hours? It's all arbitrary. And so my rule of thumb is if I have a 51% greater confidence or more that the data and the logic and the analytics and the head stuff is saying go and my heart is in, then that's a good enough opportunity for me to attack this green light because again i'm either going to get the outcome i want which is success or i'm going to learn grow adapt evolve and that to me is the byproduct of the equation it gets you to move faster yeah yeah so these these tips they seem really helpful for individuals who are making decisions you know that affect them personally and that that they ultimately control and decide but i'm thinking about situations where leaders have to reach decisions by consensus. Mm. So, so help me understand here how, how this decision friction that often kicks in when you're making decisions by committee, how can this be addressed with this framework too? I love this question because when you say consensus, now let's assume it's a team environment. And sometimes a team can be five, 10, sometimes 20 or 50 people. Let me give you a quick personal example and then I'll apply it to business. So I was in a situation where my wife and I had a pretty serious conversation. And a lot of us have been in this situation. Honey, do we want to have another kid? Like, like pretty big decision, man. Like pretty, I wish I had better decisions faster going into this. But actually it was while I was writing the book. And so she said, hey, why don't we use your equation on this? And I was like, okay, this is kind of fun. Like, all right. Rotate. And here's the deal, Joe. Like here, I mean, here's the raw truth. We landed on a different color of light. Okay. She was a green and I was a yellow. And, it, but, but here's, here's where I love it. And here's how it can apply to business. We had a very healthy conversation. So why are you a green? Why are you a yellow? It wasn't me versus her. It wasn't personal. There wasn't judgment attached to it. It was just a very natural, organic, explain the yellow, explain the green. Cool. You're yellow. What are your open face card concerns? Why? And it was so healthy. Now, in, in typical fashion, I got outvoted one-to-one. -one, and so now we're expecting our second kid. So you know who won this argument. But now let's apply this to business. Here's the reality. In a 10-person conversation around a boardroom, we're likely not all going to land in the same color. But let's assume that it's a mix of green and yellow sitting around the table. Now, a couple things. For my wife, when I say she was a green, it was a hell yes green, okay? She was like a hell yes. Versus right. my yellow was kind of like a... Eh, like a shoulder shrug, like I'm yellow, but I'm not passionate about the yellow. I just have some logical concerns and let me explain them and we're good. So anyways, I think the same is true for business. Intensity of the color can also matter when you're trying to drive consensus. Let's say, Joe, that it's a marketing decision. And let's say your CMO is a hell yes green. But then everybody around the table that's not in marketing is like a either softer green or a eh, shoulder shrug yellow. Cool. Sounds like we're going to go with it. A, because the person that's really responsible for this area is a hell yes green, but it just creates a conversation of empathy, of trust, of connection, of camaraderie. Like I'm not against Mary or for Joe. I'm just asking Mary and Joe to explain their yellow or explain their green or explain their color. And it's not personal. We're just defending the color. And I just think this is a beautiful framework. Frankly, in my consulting work, this scenario I just described 
is an absolute game changer because instead of making things personal and politics and I don't like this person or I like this person and why am I voting in their favor? Now it's just like, talk to me about why you feel like this color and we can have a healthy debate and let's go with the best decision possible. Yeah, it's like explain your position and take the personality out of it. Yeah, yeah, totally, right? Mm -hmm. Too much politics in business and this removes it. It makes it about just defending and debating the color. That's it. The book is Better Decisions Faster and the author, and I feel better for having this conversation with him, is Paul Epstein. Paul, thanks for sharing your wish with us today. Thank you so much, Joe. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, please rate and review the show. It helps others find us. For more ideas on how to communicate with impact, visit my website, joehirsch.me. See you next time.